Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it is very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history. If you have an experience that you'd like to share, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. At the end of each episode, I ask the participant to frame final words for future generations who may be looking back on this pandemic with curiosity, wonder, or the need for knowledge, just as we are looking back at the Spanish flu of 1918. These words don't always make it into the final podcast episodes, so every 10th episode will be a special edition of the final thoughts of the previous 10 participants. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty frightening because it's visible. It's invisible. You don't know where it is, who's got it, and they don't know themselves. That makes it doubly bad. They're contagious before they have symptoms. This whole thing would have been a lot less scary and a lot, a lot easier to take if the media had been interested in covering and promoting information rather than trying to maximize fear, chaos, and hysteria. But then again, that's what makes good news stories. The thing that really hits me is that we were so consumed in our own busyness and we all talked like we had to have this busyness. None of us had a choice. You ask someone how they're doing, and in the last five, six years especially, everyone was like, I'm busy. Uh, and, then, and then they go through the litany of things that they're doing, which I think for a lot of us, myself included, tied to my worth and my importance. Because I want you to know how busy I am, because that's currency for how valuable I am. And I, I'm just so busy, I have so much, I, I, I'm needed so many places. Um, and now that's all been stripped away, and it's clearly been proven as false. Um, some of the things we certainly did need to do. But once life picks back up, and I don't think there's going to be, we're not ever going to go back to normal. There's going to be a new normal. There's not going to be, there's going to be a before and there's going to be an after. But we will start to get busy again. And activities and travel leagues and meetings and all the things will start to fill up our schedules again. And we have been forced to take a to hit the pause button. It's been pushed for us. And now everyone's calendar is wide open. You are stuck in a house with people that hopefully you love, especially if it's your family. You get to sit down and have conversations because you're going to see them tonight. You're going to see them tomorrow night. You're going to see them the next night. And you're going to, and I think that's good. It's almost like we should do this every couple of years, not hurt the economy, but like have a month where nobody can go out or go anywhere. 
And nobody do it unless you made them because we're too busy. Um, but a lot of that busyness, we're still surviving. We didn't really need to do that. And it, it comes at a price of connection with the ones we say we love. And so my message, I guess, would be now that life is, if you're somehow someone's listening to this or watching this years from now, and your life has been consumed with busyness, try to hit the pause button for a couple of days or maybe a week and see if you can get your people in your circle to all do that for a week and kind of rediscover what we're being forced to uh, discover now and then what really is important and what you really value is what rises to the surface and that's what's left. So don't get consumed in busyness. Connect and cherish the ones you love and, and try to connect. Well, I think what it's been, part of what it's been like is that it, um, it slows life down to the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So that, that I'm appreciating, I'm appreciating everything more. I'm appreciating my family more who are, you know, far away, but they're really showing care and concern. I'm appreciating my husband more. I'm really grateful that he's in my life, you know, and uh, I'm appreciating my home. I have a big house. I have a big yard. I can swim every day, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm appreciating all that, but I'm also just appreciating um, having more quiet time, uh, having more time for reflection, you know, it's just slowed the pace of my life down where I'm not uh, looking at my calendar all the time, looking at the clock. Things happen as they will, you know, they just happen as they will. And that's that's been a good thing. And I think that's, uh, for me personally, in the, you know, for the decades in the future i think that's would be a message that i would say that that it's um it's good to slow down it's good to have uh you know a life change like that i'm more afraid of people's mentalities than i am of the virus now maybe that's arrogant of me to say because i'm only 31 years old and i'm generally a pretty healthy guy and like i said my lifestyle is set up in such a way that i'm at a very very low risk of of getting infected, uh, you know, this might be ironic if, if there ends up being a massive outbreak sometime in the near future in Armenia. And in fact, I do get infected or someone near me does. But as of right now, it seems like I'm among the safest that I can be. I'm so very socially isolated. I'm young, I'm healthy. Uh, so I'm, I'm personally not too worried about what the virus could do to me, even if I did get it. But I'm very worried about the precedent this sets for what governments can do to people, for what level of fear we're willing to let into our lives to completely change the way we were living before. Because the things we're doing now with this lockdown and this quarantine are utterly unprecedented, at least on the scale that we're seeing. Obviously, uh, depressions and quarantines of various kinds have been happening for thousands of years, but not in the way we're seeing whatsoever. And I think what terrifies me the most is how easily it all seemed to happen. I remember first hearing that it was happening in the United States and in various parts of Europe and everybody was closing their borders and afraid that the virus was going to come and get them. And then suddenly it's happening here. And I, did, I honestly didn't thought that there was a, a pretty good chance that that wouldn't happen here. 
I, I heard about a month ago that they were were temporarily suspending schools. The kids weren't going to school. I'm like, okay, I guess that's you know a, a reasonable measure to take, and you know kids can take a break from school. But then suddenly it was no, you need you need to be documenting where you're going anytime you leave your house, and police are going to be taking your temperature everywhere, and and all non-essential businesses are closed. That's a terrifying leap to go from okay, we're gonna we're gonna close our borders and and kids aren't going to go to school temporarily to the whole country is shutting down and you you shouldn't leave your house at all. If that can happen, what else can happen, right? What if it were something even deadlier than the coronavirus? Not that, you know, a 2% fatality rate isn't a lot. Nobody wants 2% of the population to die. But what if something even worse happened? What extreme measures would we take then? What if um, the next time I decide to go into town for whatever reason, somebody sees the American speaking English and decides to call the cops on me again. Next time the cops aren't so lenient and they decide I'm, I'm too big a risk to be allowed to wander freely and they choose to detain me and take me away from my home. That's right. possible. That could happen. Okay. There are certain principles you can follow in your life that are just generally good survival traits no matter what is happening. And that's what preppers tend to do. And I, mm-hmm. you know, oddly enough, I don't consider myself a prepper. All the things I've talked about that I've done, I, I consider just good facets of the life of, of living in a village. Not because you're necessarily expecting that there's going to be a huge economic collapse or a pandemic or something, but just just not to have any major single points of failure in your life where if one thing goes wrong, suddenly your entire life is upended. I think everybody can begin to think systemically about their life, even long after this pandemic is over. It's just a good way to structure your life. You're, you're going to have like two or three kind of like, I don't know, big things that happen in your lifetime. But in terms of like what it was like to live through this, um, there's a lot of, I guess, uncertainty. Um, there's there's a lot of uncertainty, actually. I think people, their jobs, I mean, I'm even thinking about like my job, especially um, with unemployment numbers and things like that. So I think it's just a lot of people have an incredible amount of anxiety at this point. And, um, and, and I mean, we're not even like close to the end. So, <laughs> you know, if I was giving a lecture about it, or giving a talk about it, I think I would kind of want to take it from fear and confusion to obedience to beginning to see the new life that we will have or the model that we will be in. And in some ways, what I hope we then is we also begin to recognize because we're not alone in this. In heaven, the Chinese didn't bring it to us and every country in the world has it now. I'd love to see people and younger people, you know, feeling that, yes, I'm a, I'm a a member of this world, and and I have colleagues that are in Italy and in you know you name it, just name the countries and and uh, it would sure be a healthier place to live if we could be moving in that direction. And I think there's I think there's a chance for my people. I feel like there are, of course, there are as many responses as there are people, but. There are some people who are super fearful and are focusing on 
the fear. Um, and there are other people that are just making it all political and focusing on that and using it as a platform to, to bash or promote various people. And there are some people that are being really positive, which is super helpful, but almost in a blind way. And I feel like we need to find a balance. And I feel like that would be so important if we could look at what is our goal. And I think we all have a common goal. We all want to get through this with the least amount of damage possible, whether that's physical damage or economic damage. We all want the best route. So let's try to listen to the experts and the facts and not listen to the odd doctor from wherever who suddenly found a miracle cure. Um, <laughs> let's listen to the, the people that have studied and that know what they're talking about and let's just cooperate and, and out of concern for each other. I feel like if we could just focus on our goal and doing the best thing we can to accomplish that goal um, of all getting through this the best way we can, it would go a lot more smoothly. <laughs> I um, am hesitant to give a specific piece of advice because I, in my opinion, um, a lot of what makes this pandemic a pandemic, I pray will not be in existence in a hundred years. The experience that somebody would have a hundred years from now is going to be vastly different, partially from a technological standpoint, but hopefully, like I'm saying, um, evolutionarily, socially, culturally, um, whatever the influences of power have been in this current situation will hopefully not be the influences of power in that situation. Um, and I think the main thing that it comes down to is for me, what immediately came up when you asked that question is just trust the, um, everything happens for a reason. There's always a much grander, um, transformation occurring and in the space of personal transformation the dark night of the soul where shit gets really tough is where the actual growth and the actual expansion and the actual leap is and if we can remember that when shit's hitting the fan that's actually where our greatest opportunity for growth lies and there's just not really anywhere around that and in the moment you're like what's going on but that greater there's like that personal transformation, but that personal transformation metaphors and is an analogy for the overall collective transformation. So that like trusting that shit is hitting the fan and that eventually shit will come back together and it'll probably hit the fan once again. Very personal and from a Christian perspective. I always think very deeply in, in terms of the Christian experience and life and death. This is a situation of life and death. Many people are dying and uh, everyone's lives have stopped. People that, had, people that have dreams and have careers and have all these aspirations all have stopped. Imagine being one of those people that had a film in a Cannes festival 
and was selected and now the Ken Festival has stopped. So this is a great moment where there is a voice calling. Everything has stopped around us all your life. And now you have to stop and think what is the most important thing? Because what if I have a low immunity and I get COVID and my life is gone? What if I die? Questions like that uh, are things that uh, you think about at a time like this. And it's very difficult to think, but I think it's necessary to stop and think what is the most important thing. And for me, that discovery has been being right with God is the most important thing. And uh, for some people, it has been family and it has been, I never saw my kids and now I see them. So it's, it's like stop being self-centered and start thinking about others and maybe God. What I would love to impart to the folks who read this is that you, you are a divine being. No matter what your circumstances are, you can choose to respond you can choose to respond like you will choose how you choose to respond and do not let circumstances that are outside of your control is like this this virus um this is so it's out of our hands this was mother, in my opinion, this is mother earth resetting herself, realigning. Um, I saw a funny meme, Veronica, where it was like, I feel like mother nature just sent us all to our rooms, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's like, who do you want to be? Do you want to be scared and fearful and blaming? Um, or do you want to take this time for for reflection and to really tap into your potential and who you want to be. And it's that, it's that power of choice. So I will social distance. I will, I, I want, I want us all to feel safe and connected, but I know that I'm not in control of how other people will respond. But what I trust is that my choices can support in shifting the energy. So my advice to you is when crisis happens in your life and, you know, it may not be on this global level <laughs> because right now everything is so amplified, like any fear or anything we all had before, it's like, <sighs> it's like so, so amplified. So, Whenever you're in a situation like this, whether it's personal or global or it's a combination, as I think all of us also had our own personal stuff, like with this global stuff. I know I did <laughs> come up. It is how you will respond and just say, like, what do I want to put out there? What do I want to put out into the collective? Do I want to contribute more fear? Do I want to contribute love? I so appreciate the words that are being gathered in this project. This is a legacy, and it has meaning 
It's not just a podcast. It will someday be a book. And our youngers will someday look to us for answers, even after we're long gone. And this is one way that we can help them. Episodes are being released as soon as I get the interviews. So subscribe so that you don't miss a thing and share if this meant something to you and if you think others might benefit. Stay safe. Stay well.